Welcome to the RVA Affiliate Collective Podcast, where we share stories around the business of fitness and other things going on in the local RVA fitness community. Be sure to check out our collective shop at rvaaffiliatecollective.org and give us a follow on Instagram at RVA Affiliate Collective. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Collective Podcast. Thank you very much. My name is Joe Ellis. I'm here by the lovely Anna oh, of Rio Fitness. No, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in the pleasure to know you over the last few weeks and took a class and even uh, got myself sweating and, and feeling pretty tired afterwards. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank um, you. I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down with me and, and kind of go over a little bit about your story and, and what you're trying to do here in Richmond. So we're here off Staples Mill and, and lovely Henrico. And um, just wanted, for those who don't know, you know, who are you and what do you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Anna Bailani. I own and operate Real Fitness. Uh, we are a strength training gym. We work with group classes. We bring functional training. Basically what you would get with a personal trainer, we bring to a small group setting. That's awesome. Um so where did you get the idea for Rio? Well, <laughs> way, Rio back, started, way back, way <laughs> back. Rio started in my dad's garage, actually. And back then we were called Simply Live Studio. Uh, before that, I was working as a personal trainer in a commercial gym. And I just saw some limitations in how I wanted to train my clients. I just had some ideas that... Um, I really wanted to serve my clients uh, in a different way, and I, you know, just couldn't in um, in a box gym setting. So I decided to venture out on my own. Um, I had this vision of a gym where fitness, nutrition, and some sort of what in my mind at the time was psychological counseling came together because I saw that a big uh, hindrance in people getting the results they wanted had nothing to do with the fitness program or the nutrition program. It's basically people getting people out of their own way. So how could I blend that together? Um, Nowadays, we think of that more as like the mindset training. So that's where I got the idea from is just that need of, okay, I need to be able to serve my clients better than just bringing them in and doing two workouts a week and then not, you know, that's the only thing that I can do for them. I need to be able to provide more. Awesome. So you formulated the idea, you started out in a garage gym and, um, how did you end up here at this uh, lovely storefront location with all the rigs and equipment around us right now? Sure. Um, so I started, uh, like I said, in my dad's garage. It was basically, I had this idea one night that was literally, I woke up and I was like, you know what? I have a garage that I could use. And I went to my dad. I said, dad, how attached are you to that garage? And he said, not at all. He helped me build a gym there. We started off with um, equipment out of that I bought from Greg- Craigslist. Um, and started with literally three clients. Um, and then back then I was doing mostly one-on-one training. Um, and then I started shifted into the group training. It was a garage, so I didn't have much room. I had room to see up to four clients, um, at a time, but you know, one 
happy client brought another, brought another, brought another. In about two and a half years, we grew from three to 40 clients. Um, again, all in my dad's garage. <laughs> that's wow. what I realized. The guy I gave up his say. garage. That's, he, that's rare for oh us men. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I could not have done this without my family's support. Did you find yourself um, working around, uh, oil pans and toolboxes or did he did he actually <laughs> no, give you the he, entire garage he legit just gave me the whole garage wow. it looked like a it, it looked like a little gym like that's it, awesome one uh one friend even asked like is this a franchise because i made i painted the walls i had rubber floors i like i had a logo back then we were called simply live studio um because I had this idea of like fitness needs to be simplified for people. It needs to be simple. So we had to you know, simply live. Um, and then once we grew to about 40 clients, and back then it was uh, maybe like 95% women, 5% men. <laughs> and I saw that uh, we could, we didn't have to be just, you know, a female centered gym. So I wanted to be a little bit more gender neutral. And we, I found this location here on Staples Mill. It's a fantastic location. We're just 10 minutes away from downtown, 10 minutes away from um, the West End. Uh, right, you can see our logo right from Staples Mill. Um, and that's when I decided to rebrand as Rio Fitness um, and move to uh, a commercial facility. And I wanted to keep the same feel. One of the things that my clients really enjoyed was that sort of family feel of the gym. You know, they, they knew everybody. It was a small group. They felt comfortable. They knew they could, um, they could trust me. They could make their mistakes and not know things and they would be okay. Um, and so I wanted to bring that same sort of comfortable family feel to, um, where we were. And I, so I had this idea of like, how could I take what I have, you know, this, you know, 15 by 12, I guess it was 15 by 12 space where I see four people at a time. How could I quadruple that so I can see eight people at a time? Um, and so that's how I kind of organized this space and, and, and found this perfect place for, uh, to, to have those, the space for what I wanted to do. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I'm guilty of this from outside looking in, um, as a CrossFitter, it mm -hmm. looks like CrossFit, like, and I know you've, you've worked hard to distinct, you know, distinguish yourself from it, but you're not opposed to what you've learned from, from your time when you were doing CrossFit back in the day. Um, what do you tell people when they come in, they see the rigs and they see the rowers yeah. and they see the bikes, it can be intimidating, right? And that's one of the things of, with CrossFit is trying to remove that stigma. Right. Um, obviously not putting it on your building and the name is, <laughs> right. is a good start, right? If you, right. if you want to attract that type of uh, audience, but, um, what have you done specifically to help show people that, you know, strength training and all those things are important regardless of age and, and gender? Yes. Um, well, I think the best way is just having people, bringing people into the door. Um, because when they don't know, what they don't know scares them, right? So I have so many women coming in here and they say, oh, yes, I want to lose weight. So I point them to a heavy barbell on the floor and they say, no, no, Anna, I want to lose weight. You don't understand. <laughs> so they don't, they don't quite have that connection between um, strength training and their health and fitness goals. So the best thing to do is bringing them in here and I explain everything to them and I have them know, I let them know it's okay for you not to know. I'll teach you everything from A to Z. I teach you from, hey, this is called a J hook. This is a barbell and this is called a kettlebell, you know, from the basics. I never assume that people know um, 
the things that they might not know, because I was once a beginner. I started uh, pretty late in life in my mid-20s with uh, strength training, and I didn't know anything. I didn't know what a proper squat was, and I had somebody teach me that, so I know exactly what that feels like. Um, so right from the start, I never assume that people know. Um, I... And I just really make sure that people understand that, hey, you don't need to know everything. I wish I'm here to show you. And I continue that education. You know, I think that face-to-face, that time spent here. Um, I have an intro offer where people can train with me for four weeks uh, for only $99. It's no commitment because that is when those paradigms are broken, when those barriers are broken. Um, And I do have people coming in and, you know, trying to, what's the difference between you and CrossFit? And foundationally, fundamentally, the movements are kind of the same, right? It's all squats, deadlifts, push-ups, pull-ups, and, you know, carries, core work, and all the variations of those. Um, the main difference is we don't do as, um, as much Olympic lifts, uh, and we don't use barbells for conditioning. So our conditioning is more focused on using the cardio equipment, uh, body weight exercises, um, rather than uh, using the heavy compound lifts uh, in in high volume or in a fast pace. Gotcha. So if you had squats and a conditioning aspect, or what we call in CrossFit the Metcon, right? Yeah. You would opt for dumbbell or body weight or kettlebell versus trying to load them up with with weight on their back or say cleaning off the floor is probably something not going to happen like 21 15 9 for time type stuff right exactly mm-hmm. yeah you're going to do that in a controlled environment and then give them um other implements for the for the conditioning to kind of re- reduce that that barrier and and sometimes exactly. risk right mm-hmm. depending on experience level it can be a risk too yes um and it's like you said i myself uh trained CrossFit for about three years on and off, and I absolutely loved it. It pushed me to that next level that I wouldn't have otherwise um, been able to to go into. Um, The pain cave, as we call it. The pain (laughs) cave. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And I miss it. Um, And and as much as I saw, you know, all the benefits, I also saw some limitations, just like with everything else. Sure. CrossFit is a sport. It's a modality, right? Just like with uh, bodybuilding, I did some of that for a while, for several years. That was my main f- way of training. I learned so much from that and also saw some limitations. Um, so what I bring from everything that I try, um, everything that I experiment myself with my own fitness um, and also and, and professionally also I explore um, in order to see what I can bring my clients is how can I make fitness more accessible to more people? How can I make this um, less intimidating? Um, That's not even the word. That's not the the right way to express it. Uh, But how can I make people more confident Mm -hmm. in trying this? Because it's not, um, I don't like that idea that like, oh, people are intimidated by the barbell. I don't think they are. I think they're intimidated by what they don't know. Sure. Um, So how can I, what can I do how what can I bring from this um, to make my clients fitter, to make them healthier, to make them move better, right? Because most people, um, my the most of the people who work with me, they're not trying to compete in any sports. Sure. They're not trying to, you know, they're not trying to to beat anyone. They're just trying to be better, fitter version of themselves. Yeah. A lot of them have weight loss goals, so I keep that in mind. How can I, does this person need to do um, 100 cleans to achieve their goals? Uh, Probably not. I could probably achieve that same goal with something a little bit safer or um, 
a little bit more accessible to them right now. Um, so that's what what I try to do when I, you know, see different ways, different styles of training. Say, well, how can I, what can I learn from this that'll, you know, bring more to my clients? Definitely. And and that's some of the, the biggest mistakes I would say on the CrossFit side is, is the experience level and the always wanting to push the envelope. It's not necessarily a foundational thing. It's more of people who've affiliated and, and taken it further than maybe where it was originally intended mm. um, or faster for some people than it should have been. Whereas like if you look at the early days of the CrossFit Journal articles, it's all about foundational movements and yeah. only adding load when you know applicable to that person. And even starting out in your garage with one-on-one -on -one clients, like the same way you kind of got started, that's exactly how you know Greg Glassman says to get started yeah. is one and one, one to two, one to three. Okay, now you need more space, and then you open up, kind of thing. Um, yeah, you, you scale as needed. You know, just like in the workouts, you know, yeah. as, as well for your business. Um, that's awesome. So, um, got a couple other questions here for you. So you opened up, you got a good client base. Now everything's kind of moving. The lights are on, right? You're still open today. So that's a good sign. What sort of things surprised you or you didn't expect in the opening process, not necessarily in the garage, but making the leap from this is a thing I want to do to this is the thing I'm doing, right? That, that yeah. it's not only did your address change and did you have a business license, but it's also a mental shift of I am this person I am opening up a gym and yes. a small business owner in Richmond. It was a huge mental shift. It was, um, new level, new devil, yeah, nice. <laughs> you know, um, it definitely changed the game from moving to the garage to a commercial facility. And I felt that and I buckled for the first year until I, you know, found my footing again. Okay. This is, this is the game. These are my new challenges. Um, so to answer your questions, what were, was most surprising, it was August 2017, July and August 2017 that we opened um, here. And that those were the best, worst months of my life. It oh, was, the August it slump. Was, you opened up in the slump of fitness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It actually was perfect. It was actually perfect because yeah. then right in, in September, we had that big, that big Yeah, bump, everyone goes back know? to school yeah, and get back so in the routines. Yeah. It was really... It was perfect. It was August 14th, 2017. But um, what surprised me, and I guess it shouldn't have, but I feel like everything that every decision I made had a bump. I hit a bump with everything from like the colors of the wall to the time when the UPS guy came to unload. So uh, this is a story. I ordered, you know, $20,000 worth of equipment from Rogue. And it came all together. I had, you know, assault bikes and rowers and dumbbells galore. And all at plates. once. You didn't like stagger it in. Just all give me at everything. Once. It was just like, it was the funnest thing I've ever done to be <laughs> that like one big, <laughs> it was that one bit, that click. Like I just made this huge purchase. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, the equipment was scheduled to arrive on, it was a Friday. It was supposed to be Friday at noon. And um, I had set up with my dad, my brother, uh, my husband, who was then my boyfriend. He, like help me unload this truck. And I had no idea what to expect. Okay. Joe, I, I'm a business owner because I opened a business. <laughs> I am not a business owner by experience or, or training. Um, so there were some things that just, I didn't think to think about. Right. So I was like, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll unload the, the truck. When I was sitting at home 
um, having lunch and the guy, I received a call from the UPS guy and he says, hey, this is the UPS guy. I'm here with your with your order, with your delivery and there's no one here. And I'm like, oh, but we weren't, you're not supposed to be there for another two hours. It's like, yeah, but I'm here early. You need to come unload the truck. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. and no one. It's a business, right? They assume someone's here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you schedule it. It was a scheduled time, but... They're like, yeah. oh, well, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and the only person available to help me was my mom. Oh, wow. And it was me and my mother. It was this freight truck. Of, it's yeah. huge. I looked at him. I was like, so how much of that truck is my stuff? He goes, all of it. <laughs> it was a huge truck. I have pictures of it. <laughs> nice. And my mother and I unloaded everything. And this guy was like, You're, you two are going to do it by yourselves. And he couldn't. You know, Legally, they're not supposed to help us. So right. they, he couldn't help us at all. The most he could do was just put it as close to the door as yeah. he can in the palace. And my mother-in-law, uh, my mother and I, for an hour, we unloaded that truck. Like we did, it was the most, the hardest workout I've ever done. We unloaded plate by plate, dumbbell yeah. by dumbbell, assault bikes, just for an hour, just in and out of the truck, in and out of the truck. So like small things like that, that you think like, oh yeah, sure. They're going to deliver the, the equipment. Yeah. They're going to wheel it over for you and put it in your put business. It in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so like little things like that, just everything I felt like I hit a bump and everything um, was a little bit more difficult than than I thought, mainly because of lack of experience. Um, well, nothing's going to go perfect, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you kind of hope. But <laughs> right, right. You, no, but you yes. visualize it, but you, then it... Uh, yes, yeah. and, then when, and when it actually um, happens, it was just very like everything had to... Um, everything had a little bump, everything had a little obstacle in the way, but you know, your dreams come true in reality. And that was a big wake up call for me when I was like, okay, this is a thing and it's hard. And there are things that I didn't think about it. And it was just a lot more detailed than, you know, I bargained for. Wow. No, that's a great story, man. I can't <laughs> imagine that one. Yeah. When the Test, testing relationships, huh? So you, your boyfriend, his test was to set up the rig. He, he showed <laughs> your mom's me he test was, was can she unload the truck? <laughs> and your test was like, yes. do you want to get up tomorrow and actually face what you've what you've done? What Essentially, like you, yeah. you you ordered twenty thousand dollars worth of stuff. It's arrived, and you got to you know hit the pavement running essentially. Yes. That's, that's scary. It was, it was, but it was incredibly exciting. Oh, it sure. Was yeah. So exciting. I feel like every night that night I either like, I either slept like a, like a rock cause I was exhausted or I could barely sleep cause I was so excited or, you know, anxious about the, the next steps of the next days. And all the while I was still training my clients in oh, the garage. In the garage, really? Yeah. So there, there was no, there was no lag time. It was just yeah. like, okay, starting Monday, your workouts are going to be on Staples Wheel. Looking back, you probably would have had your class time at the time it was delivered, right? Yes, and then just yes. had them all yes. assembly line it into the building. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then after, like, that same weekend, I had, you know, an event here. I invited my members to come out and help unload everything yeah. and open Unbox, up the boxes. So yeah. that was a lot of fun. So you don't think about it until, you, like, even with my garage gym, you order this stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, it'll, it'll just show up. And then you see the poor UPS guy carrying yeah. it or the FedEx guy. And he's like, you know, he's doing a workout just getting your stuff there so you can work out. And then yeah. you go to unbox and you're like, man, every plate is really 45 pounds. Like it doesn't really yeah. click until it arrives. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is heavy stuff because that's what it's for. It was literally. <laughs> and, and, you know, I got the 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 invoice paper when he came he with everything it was literally tons 
Yeah, uh, like literally slip, tons. Right, yeah, tons. And because it, it tells you how much the 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 load weighs, the the truck load weighs. Yeah, and it was literally I can't remember how many tons, but it was tons of uh, stuff. That would have like, been a fun number to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure I have it somewhere. But I was yeah. like, and I bragged about it all weekend. Oh, I just lifted this many. This yeah, two tons. Many tons of, <laughs> of equipment. Tell me about that one weekend. ton challenge now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, so what are um, what are some common misconceptions about what you do? Like to the average person, you might say, yeah, I own a gym or I'm a trainer. And and they're going to say, oh, you must X or you must feel something, right? And it's like, no, nah, that's not it at all. Or <laughs> yeah, what are some of those things? The number one misconception of, of you know, people when they ask, when they find out I'm a trainer or I own a gym, they think I work out all day. You don't? <laughs> <laughs> They think that I must be the fittest person in the world because I work out all day and they don't understand that it is a struggle to get my workouts in if I don't yeah. make the time and I'm not intentional. Um, and it can be even, um, I feel like there were times before I was a trainer that I was more excited about my workouts than now that I'm a trainer and I'm a business owner. So sometimes yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like regular people. I got to, you know, I got to get a buddy to work out with me or I got to have a, a challenge to push me. And so that's the, the biggest misconception. People just think that I yep. love working out all the time. <laughs> you do it for a living. Of course you love it. <laughs> and, and that I, I'm working I, yeah. out every day, all day. Uh, but that's not quite true. I like to compare it to, we all know that local auto mechanic that drives the car that barely runs, you know, it always looks like it's on its last leg. And you're like, yeah. he's a mechanic. You would think of all people, he would drive the car that's right. always scheduled on time, always getting the maintenance when it needs, but he's spending all day doing that for other people. Exactly. And it's the same thing when it comes to, exactly. to, to owning a gym is, is we'll make the mistake of thinking, you know, I love coaching so much. I love working out so much. I'm going to open a gym because that seems like that right. marries the two together. When in reality, it, it can make it more difficult. And yeah. a lot of times people have less time to work out because they're putting everyone's needs in front of their own, right? Mm -hmm. And running a business takes a long sure, time. People sure. think like, oh, well, what are you doing between classes? Yeah, you don't just lock up and go home. You, you lock yeah. up and go home and maybe work on Instagram posts or maybe exactly. you work on some sort of back-end accounting or mm -hmm. you're dealing with some, you know, order from a graphic designer and you having to go back and forth with them. And, mm -hmm. yeah, and communicating with yeah. clients and communicating sure. with leads and yep. all of that. Every single one of those things that you just mentioned is a part-time job in and of itself. So, yeah. so yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on. So when, if you're not intentional about it, your own fitness can, yeah. um, you can backslide because, you know, I'm a human before I'm a trainer and self-care is something that humans have to be intentional about, mm -hmm. right? You know, eating well and, and exercising. Thankfully, it's something that I've built into my routine in the past 10, 15 years. But, um, so it's easier for me than someone who's just starting out, sure. of course. However, it is still, you know, something that you have to be intentional about. Would you say, because you got started in your fitness journey later in life than some people who are maybe like collegiate mm -hmm. athletes or high school athletes, and then also owning your own business, can, do you identify with your members when they say, I just don't have the time? Like, do you feel like you Absolutely. can connect with them a little bit? Absolutely. It used to be a point of insecurity for me um, when I first started out as a trainer because um, a lot of my colleagues had so many years of experience. They were so much, you know, fitter than me and, um, and, and they just seemed more comfortable in the, the role of a trainer. And, um, and then I realized that it was actually a point of strength because um, 
some of them lacked what I have, which is, hey, I know exactly what it feels like to be sedentary for most of your life and then completely start an, a new fitness routine. Because, and for me, what, what did it was um, weight that I gained really fast. Um, I was in my mid twenties and I, I gained like 15 pounds in six months with a new job that I started and, you know, just stress eating. And, and so I did what Anybody who wants to lose weight does, right? You start right. running and doing spin class. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so one thing led to another and I got into strength training and, and, and eating well and just my body just changed my, more than my body. My mind changed. I yep. just realized like I just made my turned myself into a runner when I was never before. What else can I mm -hmm. make myself? What else can I allow myself to be? Um, so that I feel qualifies me to lead people. Yeah. qualifies me to train people because I know exactly how they feel. I know exactly the difficulties. I know that it can be really intimidating when you come in and you don't know the name of the, the equipment and yeah. you, you know, you're looking around, um, and you don't quite understand how, um, uh, how, wait, how is strength training going to help me lose weight? Mm -hmm. You know, I can understand that how that lack of knowledge can demotivate people, you know, and keep people from doing what um, is best for them. Um, so what used to be a point of insecurity for me is actually what I think one of my biggest strengths as a trainer. Yeah, I would say so. You know, being able to meet people where they're at and identify yeah. with them is, is huge. And we all know that personal trainer at the Globo gym down the street that, you know, walks in with the shirt that's way too tight. And uh -huh. you're like, this guy... <laughs> has never been overweight. Maybe he yeah. has, right? You don't know their story, but right. like that first impression is like, he doesn't get me. He doesn't understand why it's so hard for me because yeah. obviously it's not for him. And that's a misconception on both sides, of yeah. course. And the best trainers are not the ones who understand the the physiology right. and the training mechanics. The best trainers are the people who care, are the mm -hmm. people who are willing to connect. That's what makes the best trainer. Of course, you have to have knowledge, yeah. but knowledge you can get. Yeah. Everything is it's trainable. It's a relationship you can business. Learn. It's a relationship business. If yeah. you're not in it for the people, for like to connect with people and really um, empathize with them mm -hmm. and know when to push and when to back off, and then it's going to be a tough road. It's going to yeah. be a tough career if, you, if you're not yeah. in it for that. Um, I want to go back to what you mentioned. Um, you said, um, I am a runner, which is interesting because there's a time in your life when you're, when you were saying you were trying to get into it, trying to lose weight, that you're probably telling yourself, I'm going to go and run, or I try to run, or I like to run. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge mindset shift from I'm someone who runs to I am a runner. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes that can be the difference between consistency results, you name it. Yes. Um, do you have any approach or have you thought about that when it comes to members, when they come in here and say, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get to class. I'm just someone who works out versus mm -hmm. I am that, that yeah. person, you know, they, they make that realization in their mind and it doesn't mean that they're any more fitter the next day, but it's the way they approach every other part of their life, you know, mm -hmm. because I am a runner and it's sprinkling outside, I'll go, I'll go run in the rain yeah. because I am that person. I am the person who does those things. Have you yeah. found that there's power in that kind of identification? Absolutely. And the one thing I can't give that to anybody. The one thing that, um, can help people with that, um, mind shift, that paradigm shift is experience, right? We all have these, these, deep beliefs about ourselves, about the world, about what we can do, what we can't do, what's possible, what's impossible. And none of that is true.
true or untrue. It's just our beliefs and it drives how we think and what we do. Um, and what created those beliefs in the first place is experience, right? Something happened that made us come to those conclusions and then it got reinforced. Whether good or um, bad. It could good be negative, bad. right? I'm exactly. not a runner. I'm not someone who runs, right? Exactly. Yeah. Whether good or bad, whatever our beliefs are, something about our experiences or what we were told um, created that. So how can you create new beliefs? Giving yourself, allowing yourself to have new experiences. And that's the number one thing I tell people. Oh, I hear it all the time. People say, oh, I can't do that. I have no upper body strength. I have none. I have no, I don't have this or I can't do that. Um, I'm just and, overweight. It runs in my family. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And just... You know, what I what I can do in the moment is say, like, you're not trying, you're actually doing it. There's a there's a big difference. Yeah, like you are this person. You, you are yeah. doing, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do this. No, no, you're doing it. That's yeah. great. That's exactly what that you're on the path to getting your pull up. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, that's the one thing people love. Oh, yeah. Um, training for a pull up and training for a pull up looks nothing like a pull up, right? It looks, it feels really awkward. It does, it's real strong. It doesn't feel like it's going to get you there either. You're like, exactly. there's no way that just doing this boring <laughs> exactly. thing will do this cool thing. And and that's the hardest thing. Even with my, um, my daughter, she's 12 and she's trying to get her first push up. Yeah. Oh. Cause in school they're, they're doing like push up tests and stuff and the she can't get one. Oh, yeah. She nice. can't get one. And I was homeschooled, so I don't identify with any of that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was showing her some things she can do and it immediately became not interesting because it wasn't a push up. It wasn't just something right. she could hear once and then do. She realized that she would have to put in time and effort and it's, it's humbling now with her because not only am I dealing with someone who, who can't do a push-up yet, but I'm also trying to understand how to meet her where she is, yes. which is way different than meeting an adult where they are. Because yes. an adult can typically, they can at least logically understand a surprised. growth progression. <laughs> a 12-year-old, sometimes they're like, uh, no, this yeah. is boring. Like, they can't, maybe some can. I'm, I'm sure there's yeah, some that can, uh -huh. but with her, you know, specifically, it, yeah. it's been a struggle. But she sees me in the garage every day, and so hopefully that's just going to slowly infect her mind. You oh, know? don't <laughs> doubt it for a second. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, the the, the the seeds that we plant are collected or harvested way later, you know, so don't doubt it for a second. And those are the things that create the belief systems, yeah, you know, hopefully. and what we, yeah. And what we saw as, as kids as well, you know? Um, and so what I can do in the moment is just, you know, help people shift with a statement, like, mm -hmm. you know, you actually are doing it. And instead of thinking, oh, I didn't, I wasn't able to do the fourth set. Oh, but you did three really well. Yeah. Let's focus on that. You know, just using that kind of language. Yep. You know, when people talk about I can't, um, I say, hey, how about this? You're training for it. You know, it's yeah. not that you can't. Yeah. Um, so I do, I offer those insights as we're training. But the one thing that will, ha ha that will have people shift from um, that uh, I'm going to go work out then to I'm an athlete. I am someone who is fit. I am fit. I, uh, I take care of myself. It's giving them that experience. And yep. that's why I absolutely love getting people in here. Not for one workout because you can't, sure. you know, one workout gets you excited. But to really have that that mental shift, you got to you gotta stick with it, mm -hmm. you know. And so having people come in and, you know, I say, give me a month. Because once they, they, they're here for a month, they don't leave. They're yours. <laughs> pretty <laughs> you much. You got them. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things I see in um, our in the business model and in the methodology I have is that people stick around. Most of my clients um, are sticking around for years, uh, and that's because they have 
they have been given the opportunity to have that mental shift. Yep. They see a barbell on the floor and they think, I have no idea what to do with that. And then, you know, six months later, they're loading up that barbell like they never never imagined they would. And they're handling it with so much confidence and with so much um, expertise that they look back and they say, huh, look at this. I did do it. Yeah. <laughs> and and so that's the one thing. That's what, that was what created my my paradigm shift and it's what creates paradigm shifts with all my members. It's just the experience and helping them, like you said, understand the process. And, um, you said, you know, she's, your daughter's 12, she doesn't understand it, but you know, us adults, we don't either. And no, I say this don't. in business too. <laughs> I get stuck with the processes of business and I have to remind myself like you're, you're, smack dab in the middle of the process and the middle of the process sucks yeah. <laughs> and the middle of the process is is just work you know yeah. you plant a seed that's awesome that's a lot of fun when you get started right you're actually doing something and then what do you got to do you got to water it yeah every day and, and for years it for years and it looks the same and you think nothing is happening underneath that ground. What is going on? Am I, I must be doing it wrong. I yeah. must not be watering enough. I must give I must up, be, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should just give up. And then out of the blue, seemingly out of the blue, a little yep. leaf comes out, Something right? Sprouts. And it's the yeah. same thing with business. And it's the same thing with training. Uh, it's the same thing with weight loss and health and all of yep. the <laughs> things that makes us human. And it makes life interesting. Yeah, what do they say? That like bamboo grows for seven or 10 years or something underground? So you have to water the same spot every day for years, almost a decade, I think, yeah. if, if I might be mistaken. But um, and then something sprouts and then, you know, bamboo grows like like crazy yeah. when it finally comes up. Yeah. So it's it's a I lot of times it can be that. the same. It can be the same with fitness, you know, or yeah. say for the pull up. Right. You're working, you're working, you're doing negatives, you're doing bands, you're doing, you know, bent over rows. You're doing everything you can think of. Right. And. Every week you're trying, you still can't get it, you still can't get it. You're like, you know, you're not going to get it. And then one day, all of a sudden, it just happens, right? And yes. it's not because it just happened, right? It was all that work you put in. Right. But it's really hard to think that doing something that's not pull, a pull-up is really going to make the difference. Exactly. And it really does. It's crazy. Where, yeah. And that's where having, uh, building trust with people is mm -hmm. really important. Because they keep coming back, not because they, they see the results immediately, but th because they trust you. They trust, you know, they may see a little bit of, okay, I'm sore today. That must mean that what I'm doing is working. Of course, yeah. those little things are very important um, to keep us motivated. But when you build that trust with people, they keep coming back, they keep coming back. And then before they, before you know it, they look back and they see someone starting out and all of a sudden it hits them like, oh, wow, I was that person. I've come so look far. At yeah. Look at me now. Yeah. And, and I love that bamboo analogy because that's exactly what how it happens, right? Yeah. It's like you see nothing, you see nothing, and all of a sudden, whoo. Yeah, sudden, but you okay. still got to water it every day or it, <laughs> nothing, it wouldn't, wouldn't happen. So well, that's, that's because, you know, there's always the next level. <laughs> right, right. So why do you think, um, why do you think people in your industry either close up or, or fail or whatever mm. you want to put the word on it, right? You can, yes. you can call it anything. A lot of people like to be the martyr and say, well, it's not my fault. I just didn't have enough clients. It's not my fault. X, Y, Z. Yeah. Competitor moved next door to me. You know, some things, obviously, civic locations, leases, um, you know, force you out into a different mm -hmm. spot. But um, barring all of the exceptions, like, why do you think people fail at, at doing a micro gym like, like you've done? Yeah, that is a, I, I think there are a myriad of factors. Um, I think the main thing is that it, it it's hard. It's really hard to, to grow a business. It's really hard to create something 
different to differentiate yourself. Um, and I think the main reason is what we were just talking about is the watering it every day. I think that uh, many people close because they don't give it time to grow. Um, and then there may be some people who who close because they don't um, they fail to see where the the market is going. Um, I think it's a fine balance between staying authentic and true to what you know. And I'm a big, I'm a stickler for form. I'm a fan of the classics, right? I love squats, deadlifts, pull-ups, and push-ups and all their variations. Like I don't need to be balancing on one leg on a BOSU ball to get, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to get fancy. I don't need to have fancy lights. I'm a big fan of the classics. At the same time, if I don't understand that that's where culture's going, that's where the market's going, that's where I need to be able to balance those two. And I think a big factor um, that small studios change is that they, is they close that they refuse to change. They, um, they're afraid to cop out. They have, they're afraid to, um, to really let go of the things they know and be vulnerable with things they don't know and take the risks and, um, and invest the capital, the capital maybe on looking out and being like, wait, why is something like Orange Theory? You know, why is Orange Theory blowing up so much? And um, instead of like just looking at all the, the ways that you, well, the things you don't like about it, um, look at what's working mm -hmm. and saying, how could I bring that into my business yeah. and how can I shift without losing my essence? And that's hard. I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, everyone who knows Orange Theory or has ever signed up knows that you're on their list and they're persistent for yeah. days, if not weeks, to get you to come in. Business, they're right? really and good at lead nurturing and mm -hmm. following up. Uh, they've got all that down to a science, right? Obviously, it's it's a franchise model, yeah. so it's kind of cookie cutter in that sense. But yeah, I would say I agree for sure. And I think some business owners, private gyms, right, who right. they want to have that personal connection, which is what mm -hmm. you want. Yes. But they're afraid to also realize that at the end of the day, yes. they're selling a product and they have to sell it seven times before someone yes. will say yes. The Absolutely. same person, right? Billboard, mm -hmm. whatever you call it. They have to be come in contact with your brand so many times before they'll get the yes. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of private business owners will stop it maybe once or twice yes. attempts mm -hmm. um, or maybe not even one attempt afterwards. If someone said no, they'd be like, okay, see you later. Like they, they're not... They're coaches at the end of the day. They, they yeah. got in this because they wanted to coach, not mm -hmm. necessarily because they wanted to sell, yes. you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I think that that's a big factor is um, like understanding that. And again, it's all about finding that delicate balance between connecting with people. Like I'm, I am a hugger. I hug people that, you know, my members, I know their kids' names, you know, I, I, I'm involved in my, with my members. Um, but at the same time, I want real fitness to be more than just, you know, a handful of members that I really enjoy being around. I, I want to, I want to reach more people. So realistically, how could I do that? You got to have some business strategies in place. And so finding that balance, I think is really tough. Um, and it's, I think sometimes people may close because they're, um, they either don't see that or they're not willing to take it to that next step, which is totally fine. You know, it's sure, but it, it's their business at the end of the yeah. day. Right. Yeah. 
Um, awesome. So what, what gets you excited about coming in here and turn on the lights every day? Now that you've been open, you've been around mm-hmm. for a while, like at the end of the day, it's, it can be a job, right? Oh yes. Um, especially with all the stuff around <laughs> mm-hmm. the class times, but what, what gets you really excited to come and flip the lights on, turn the music up and tell people like, let's get that first pull up. Yeah. So, uh, well, first of all, <laughs> the people, right. The, sure. just coming in here, I always say the, my 6am, I make 6 a.m.ers. They make it almost fun waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Almost, yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I wake up, I wake up groggy. I drive over here kind of groggy. I get here. I turn on the lights. Your like eyes I are said, open while you're driving, job. right? <laughs> Most of the times. Um, and, you know, it's my job. So I'm thinking that I'm getting out of my bed to go to work. But as soon as I see people coming in and we start that conversation and we, you know, we start talking about things that sometimes are fitness related, sometimes are not. That's what, you know, that's what makes me (laughs) think I really, I really have a great job. (laughs) I have a fantastic job. But the one thing that really drives me because, you know, it's day to day. So I'm teaching the same class several times a day. I'm seeing, um, you know, essentially the same members all week. Um, Thankfully, I work out with really awesome people, (laughs) you know, everyone, people I really enjoy being around. Um, But what really gets me excited is thinking of what can be what's coming next. Um, Thinking I this started in my dad's garage and I'm here and you know, this is a really cool space, but it's not the end all be all, you know, there's still a whole lot more to come. Um, so it gets me really excited. It's just like, okay, what's that next vision? What's that next step? And when is that going to come? And just being, making sure that I'm going to be ready to take the leap and to make the next, take the next steps, make the next decision. That's what really drives me, you know, and to say, okay, let's go. One more Monday, one more Tuesday, one more Wednesday. So what is the next step? (laughs) That's a fantastic (laughs) question. Um, the next step is to everything that we just talked about, you know, like having, finding that balance of, um, being authentic, sticking with what I believe to be true about fitness, about connecting with people, about serving people, um, and finding that, um, that pull, that drive of the, the business model that will help me, um, see more people, serve more people, um, grow, become more attractive to, um, outsiders, um, to people who, uh, outsiders, I mean, people who don't know the business, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, that is what I am thinking about next is how can I, um, make what I have more, uh, more systematic in a way? How can I scale what I have now? And that's where I'm headed to. Awesome. That's so exciting. I can't wait to watch, watch everything grow here and stuff. <laughs> Me too. It's, it's, it's exciting. Thank it's, you. you know, that sprout is happening. You're just waiting for that full tree or bamboo to come yeah, up. You know, it's, it's yeah. really exciting to and see. It's, it's a, it's a balance between, uh, being deliberate and in pursuing the next vision and then waiting for it to, to come and, and, and no way sort of find you, you know, that's right. how it, that's how it happened when I first opened the visit. It was literally like, I feel like I woke up and I had this thought and I was like, why not? And so, you know, I'm putting in the work. That's awesome. Do you have any advice for anyone who maybe wants to open or they're already open or maybe they're in the garage, they got a few clients, um, any step of the journey you've already kind of gone through, would, would you have any advice for them? Um, who see you as like a success and, and somewhat of a role model of yeah. starting in the garage and, and growing as needed. Um, 
and just being happy to come into work every day? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I do. Uh, my advice is don't think you're special. I wish somebody had told me that at the beginning. <laughs> um, I'm because, not special? What? <laughs> <laughs> because I had this, and I'll come back to this, but I had this idea of like, no, I will do it differently. I, that won't happen to me. No, no, no. That's because they see it wrong. You don't know until you walk in someone's shoes. Um, so don't think you're special. Don't think just because you have this great vision that people are going to come. I thought when I, if I build it, they will come. They didn't. They really did. Yeah. My first year in business so show true. was rough. It was really rough. Now we're, you know, back up into the right. But um, I had a shock. Um, don't think that just because you have this burning desire that other people are going to automatically um, see that. Um, at the same time, don't let that scare you. The fact that it's going to be hard. It's hard work. But don't let that diminish the desire and the passion, the vision that you have, because the world needs it. So it's, <laughs> those are my two advices. Like you're not special. All right. There's tons of people doing exactly the same thing. At the same time, there's only you doing what you're doing in your corner of the world. So don't quit. Um, you know, it's worth it. it is absolutely worth it. And just like getting that first pull up when you feel like I have no upper body strength, I cannot do this. I don't, I'll never do this. That's a big fat lie. You know, in business, as a business owner, I've felt that. I've thought that many times. Who am I? What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the connections. I don't have the capital. I don't have the know-how, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, many times those thoughts made me want to just crawl underneath the covers and just stay there all day. Um, but just knowing that just like everything else, it's a process and you gotta, you gotta go through the hard stuff. You, you gotta work to learn, right? You're no yeah. one's born ready. No one's born learning, knowing everything. Um, so yes. Yeah, so that's my advice. Know that you're not special, but you are. <laughs> well said, well said. That's awesome. So, um, other than being a gym owner and an awesome fitness trainer, what other profession would you attempt if you could oh, just gosh. be king for a day and, and pick a a profession. That is so hard because I there's so I know, many right? things that I really like. To you do. can't just say I'll be exactly what I am, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Or maybe something you wanted to try. Maybe okay. not necessarily well, be, but try. I'll go back to like when I first when I uh, first started college. I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. I wanted to be a behavior ana analyst for the FBI. Oh. So <laughs> if I had to choose another career, um, I would and it had a do-over, I would probably like go back and, you know, try that one out because I love yeah. a good police drama. I love oh, okay. a good serial yeah. killer story. Oh. Do you practice know, on your clients little... with any behavioral analysis while, you're, while they're working out? <laughs> oh, profiles? Oh, yes. You seem like the serial killer type. <laughs> Maybe not that much, but you know, like you seem the, like the type who's going to need me to text you a couple of times before you get there into you go. the yeah, jail. The, yeah, the soft skills, right? No, but yes. On a scale of one to 10, how weird are you? Yeah, it depends on who you ask. How would you say like... Um, I, I don't know. I think I'm a, I think I'm pretty, I, I think I'm pretty awkward. <laughs> really? I think I'm pretty awkward. I wish I wasn't, but I think I'm pretty awkward. Do you have any 
thing that backs that up? Any stories or funny things? Or if not, that's okay. I can't think of a funny, I I just feel like an awkward person in general. You know, it's, I, I, I say I'm a closet introvert because I, yeah, I love talking to people. I'm comfortable with a mic. I lead classes, you know, I've, I'm fine. I like, I legitimately like public speaking, but I am such an introvert. I need to be by myself to recharge. Social events drain me. Yep. As much as I need to be social, I there's a limit. And my yep. friends will know this. They'll like, well, be, we'll be out at a party. All of a sudden, be like, okay, bye guys. And I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I identify with that a little bit. Yeah. 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 It, it is draining. And maybe it's because you you bring so much to the party, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe so, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. So, um, so if people wanted to learn more about you or, or hit you up, chat you, you know, do you have a local coffee shop you always at at a certain time of the day? <laughs> Obviously you're here um, at Rio. Rio Fitness and Lifestyle Training, 8115 Staples Mill Road. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. No. Um, the best way to connect with me would be, uh, through Instagram. Or um, through text, actually. If you go on my website, uh, you can find my phone number. And texting email is the best way to connect. I always, you know, receive email and text all day. Um, Instagram, I'm trying to be more active on. I've I have my seasons where I'm like posting all the time. I'm very connected, uh, but I find that the more I post, the more I spend time looking and (laughs) and engaging too much. Um, so Instagram is also a great way for you to kind of see the gym, see images, every image that we put that I post up is always about, you know, something that's going on in the gym at the moment. Um, I try to keep it as authentic as possible. Um, so that's a really great way to, to connect. So Instagram and the website. What's the website? It's www.riofitnessrva.com. All right. So riofitnessrva.com. Yes. And that's where you'll find Anna and all the things that's going on as well as her Instagram, which I'm assuming the handle is just at Rio Fitness. Uh, riofitness.rva. All right. So yes. we'll find you and uh, hopefully everyone will link up with you that have any questions or just want to talk about how weird you are. <laughs> Awkward. And I like yeah. serial killer stories. Yeah. I know. If they just want to get a, an analysis done and find out if they're a serial killer, uh, we know where to, where to find you if they want to come in and get fit in the process, yeah. right? I'm better at that. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank it was you, a pleasure. Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the RVA Affiliate Collective Podcast. This is Joe Ellis. Be sure to follow us on iTunes and give us a subscribe. Also check us out on YouTube under the same name, RVA Affiliate Collective. And don't forget our shop, rvaaffiliatecollective.org. Thank you. Have a good one.